listening to Impact Insights, a communications podcast by the Impact Agency. Welcome to the Impact Insights. I'm Nicole Webb, the CEO, and I'm joined by uh, our General Manager, Francis Dwyer. Hi, Fry. Hi, how are you, Nicole? Yeah, really good. This is our last podcast for 2020. It is. We're almost there. We are almost, almost there. there. Almost there. Almost there. Almost there. And we can say goodbye and good riddance to 2021. Oh, 2021. <laughs> you are really accelerating <laughs> the post-pandemic world, aren't you? I don't blame you. I think a lot of people are already thinking about beyond 2021 as well. Because oh, no. <laughs> then, you know, 20, 2022 is going to be amazing. Let's hope so. I think, yeah. I think that uh, every step forward is positive at this point. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, Now, as our last podcast for the year, you have chosen some questions that we are going to ask ourselves. Mm. Um, Do you want to just talk through quickly what those questions are? Yeah, well, I mean, I I thought it was really interesting. Before today, we were kind of just uh, musing about what we should talk about at the end of the year and for our last podcast, and you suggested that we could reflect on the year. And I thought to myself, is that Nicole and Webb suggesting reflection? <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Um, but no, I joke because I think one of the things that we often talk about is that that you really need to strike a balance with reflection between, you know, sort of navel gazing and, and over um, analyzing what you've done before and, you know, charging ahead into the distance for that horizon, that there's something in between that you have to try to strike a balance with and that each of us maybe has a pull in one direction or the other and that we're good for each other in that way. But um, I don't know about you, but after all of many of the things we've discussed this year, we've talked about the third quarter phenomenon, we've talked about surge capacity depletion. It feels like about, about 85 years have passed since the pandemic hit Australia in March of this year. And I can really start to feel that end of year charge and um, intensity of energy building Um, it's building in um, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy for me because I kind of get this um, last turbo boost in November where my eyes are on that Christmas break and I want to get as many things as possible done um, and achieve everything we possibly can for our clients and for each other to smash everything out of the park and feel like I've, you know, finished the year on a high. And look, I'm not talking like clear my inbox kind of high because that's unrealistic. But, you know, some really great things crossed off the list. I love that you've still got that energy because I feel like I'm limping, limping to the finish line. (laughs) I definitely, I think that physically I am limping. And then I had just in the last couple of weeks, and I feel like I've been tested by my younger child with many a night wake up to really see if I have this in me. <laughs> I think I just thought if I don't have one last boost here, then I'm going to come down crashing and burning. I've got to find a way to just fill up my tank one more time and get to the 18th of December, not that I'm counting down. <laughs> well, whatever it is that you're using to fill up your tank, send it my way, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think to be honest, um, a little bit of saying no uh, a little bit more, which I think is something I've never been all that good at, to little things. Um, a few weeks back I took on too many things, um, you know, not work-wise. I'm talking outside of work. I took on too many things in the same week that was a really busy work week. And when I got to the end of the week I was irritable and I was exhausted and I was not happy. I didn't feel like I'd achieved anything or fulfilled by this busyness. So I just went, that's it. 
I need to protect my energy from here. Otherwise, I won't make it to Christmas. So I've been kind of preserving and saying no to all the little things. Um, and it seems to be working so far. But look, let's be honest, two coffees in the morning. <laughs> it's probably <laughs> it will be at three coffees by the time I get to December. That's also helping. But look, I think um, I get um, I get my energy from been with people and I think because we've just been a little bit isolated uh-huh, more than uh-huh. usual I think um it's really affected my energy levels I know I've had a couple of coffees this week with um with uh you know external coffees with with meetings with people and it seems to be filling up that cup a little yeah it yeah I know I think because we're both extroverts right so we both get our energy from the outside world and from other people so I definitely agree with you on that but I think that the other thing I seem to have is like this empathetic side that also takes everyone else's stuff on so there's this fine balance between I get all my energy from everyone else but also it it drains the tank as well and I've got to somehow strike this balance in between and look it's ask me tomorrow I could feel differently but today (laughs) I'm like Less than a month to go. Let's do this. <laughs> but look, let's jump right in now. Yeah, let's yeah, talk okay. about let's talk about the year. Tumultuous, unprecedented, all of the words we've heard. I think um, the Australian Dictionary um, word of the year chose ISO. Um, these are all the things we've talked about. But perhaps all of these characteristics mean that it's even more important than ever for us to reflect on this particular year. We know we're going to be facing many of the same challenges next year, but with the learnings of this year, we can really have a different lived experience. So let's start with what we've learned as leaders and as an agency this year. Um, What are your first thoughts around that? (laughs) Well, I I took it a little bit differently. I thought I could look at it from a a professional point of view as well as a personal point of view. Yeah. And... Um, and it's not just around COVID, right? We started this year in bushfires, so it's yeah. been a hell of a right. year. It has been um, nonstop. One thing that I have discovered this year is that the koala is my favourite animal. Oh. <laughs> there you go. Um, you know, I used to think owls because my mum used to collect owls, but um, no, the koala has gone to number one after the bushfires. And, and, and um, everything that happened made you realise that. Just how- yeah, they're such a beautiful animal. They represent our beautiful country and... Um, Anyway, that's got absolutely nothing to do with, uh, with with work or communications. But another one was that I hate working from home, but that comes as no surprise to anybody who's been listening to to our podcast. I don't like working from home. But I did put some serious things down and um, I, I put something around trust and it was around trust that staff are doing the right thing just because you can't see them or know where they are from nine to five. You have to you have to trust them. You have to trust them, and and we're quite fortunate because we're in a professional services firm and we bill by the hour, and there's lots of outputs um, that we um, you know that we that we manage and monitor. So I think because of that, um, it would soon become apparent if anyone was you know skiving off. So having to um, have that trust in your staff that they are doing the right thing. Um, that came very quickly for me, you know, March, when did we start working from home? March, April. Yeah. yeah I went, oh God, is this going to work? Is this going to work? But it, you know, it just came very, very quickly. So what did I learn this year is that, uh, I, I think trust is earned. And I think that trust was earned very, very quickly with our wonderful team that we have. Yeah. 
And I think you could even argue that that trust as a theme for me was also from a client perspective. I think that the the sort of groundwork and investment that our clients and our agency had put in each other to create true partnerships, you know, in the years and months leading up, whether it was a really long-term client or a more recent client, it really meant that because we had that underlying trust, we could move really quickly um, and and allowed for swift responses and support where it was needed when, and that we could just lean in fast with confidence um, across the board. And, and, and for some clients that meant, you know, turn this off, turn that on, face this way. Um, for others, it was like pause for a minute while we, you know, decide what to do next. For others, it was like we need to double everything you know, some of them needed a lot of help to, to communicate internally because all of a sudden the um, way that they communicated with their staff, which might have been very reliant on physical forms of communication, you know, in-person meetings, town halls, forums, whatever it may be, all of a sudden everything had to be digital, had to be more frequent. You couldn't afford to have silence because people were feeling scared. So I think trust is a big theme for me this year and I think that you talked about it being earned and I always almost think it's like an insurance policy as well, like investing, actively investing in trust in the good times means that when things are like this, um, stressful, uncertain, that you get to then like, you know, claim from that bucket of trust rather than walking, you know, on on really thin ice. So I think that that's, that's for me the same. The other thing was um, about speed and agility. Moving quickly as a team in one direction out of necessity, it imposed opportunities and changes upon us that I think otherwise would have taken longer, you know, or, or we would have pushed down the list of priorities. Like, for example, something as simple as our take-up of teams. We've been talking about that for so long and now I can't even imagine how we would function as a business without our day-to-day mm use of that platform so yeah I think speed and trust two big themes um, for me personally and professionally um, as well I um I, I also wrote down agility is a great asset I think we um you know we're an agency we're a small agency and we do have the ability to be agile mm. absolutely uh, we moved zig and zag yeah, yeah and we and 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 it was collaborative. I think that, you know, there was this sense of, okay, here are the identifying points and, and giving the guardrails and the support that our clients and staff needed, but also collaborating to decide what that path looked like or what that next step was to best suit them. Um, but, yeah, the speed, agility definitely was a big theme. And I think that that mentality and approach was not only about our relationships, it was also about the work we did. We did some incredible work this year, pre and post um, the pandemic hitting, but all within, you know, a challenging year, as you said, you know, bushfires dominating um, our lived experience and media at the beginning of the year. So for me, the big highlights um, were the Modi Body No Panic Period campaign, um, which was an incredible purpose-led, um, you know, community-oriented initiative that also, um, you know, was that creating shared val- true creating shared value program of work that we turned around in 48 hours from concept to execution. Um, we've been nominated for a swag of awards um, and we've started cleaning those up as we move through the award season and I'm super proud of the work that the team has done and I love working with that client because they also 
live and breathe agility. Um, the second one for me is the launch of Generation Australia. Um, this is an organisation that pre-pandemic was already um, uh, setting up to launch itself, a not-for-profit education to employment pathway organisation that's demand-led, works with employers from the start, aims to, you know, remove barriers for people who are in unemployment um, and perhaps face bias in entering the workforce to really have the right skills and mindset to be productive from day one. And we really obviously had to um, change our approach and um, we made a decision as a team to delay launch by six weeks to allow, because we were launching originally at the beginning of March, um, to allow everybody to sort of absorb what was happening um, and also to make sure that all of a sudden our scope got so much bigger because, you know, 800,000 people were in the Centrelink queue the day after the first round of lockdown restrictions were announced. So I'm really proud of working with that client and of what we're achieving with them to this day and, and going into next year as well. Um, and the final one for me was the Ream Apprentice Plumber Grants Program. So Ream's an awesome client to work with as well across, you know, it's a really integrated program. Um, it, it lines up with business strategy, which is our favourite kind of work, of course. Um, and they have a really excellent initiative they've been running for a number of years, which we recalibrated this year to be more digital um, and to engage a larger number of young um, apprentices across the country at a time where, you know, for them it's really tricky financially. And um, it was the most successful um, year of the program they've had to date. So I just felt like celebrating a few things, you know. Yeah, no, no, I agree. That sucked. That also sucked. But, yeah, start with some positives. (laughs) Oh, and and also, you know, we we started doing tone of voice workshops with Mm -hmm. our clients too. We wanted to have a listen to, well, look at how they were, um, the, the tone that they were using leading into the pandemic and what tone that they should be using during the pandemic. So they're tweaking and adjusting and revisiting that throughout the year, right? Because there's been all of these phases that they need to shift again and again. Mm. Yeah. It's and, a been, lot, and a lot of that work we did for our clients as, as just, you know, just part of being us. It wasn't, okay. um, it wasn't billable work that we did for them. We just wanted to help them as much as we could. Absolutely. And I think that that's where that true partnership stuff came through. So, yeah, they're the things I've learned and wanted to celebrate this year. But then, you know, you attended Simon Sinek this week, his virtual Australian event, which I know (laughs) part of you was very disappointed because I know that you really, really wanted to see he's a huge um, hero icon. I don't know what word I should use to describe, um, but he's played a big role. The man was before his time. Yeah. And he's played a big role in your thinking and aligns really nicely with the way that you like to lead um, both the business and the people in our business. And um, you mentioned something about in his infinite game session, talking about the power of understanding what sucked and what sucked less. It's just this idea that when you finish, you know, a project or a campaign, that you do need to sit back. Like we, 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 we do evaluation reports for our clients, but as a team to sit back and look at how it went and talk about what sucked but what sucked not not as much. <laughs> so Because we, we always have this, you know, positive spin on, on our campaigns and, and we do fab- fabulous work, but it's also good to have a look at. Um, Lean into 
the little bits that weren't as good as they could have yeah. been. Yeah, 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 and, and and learn from it. Well, so what would you say sucked this year? Working from home, <laughs> being away from people. <laughs> yeah, working from home. <laughs> yeah. I, I just just on that, one of the other things that I learned from this year was that um, I think the creative process is better in person. Um, the product productivity commission released a paper this week um, that said while working working from home, home may give parents more flexibility and reduce time spending on, on commuting. Uh, there's po- possible downsides that would bring long-term negative impacts. And he's, they were saying that breakthroughs generated by staff working in close proximity were unlikely if people were at home. Um, the report, I'll just read this quote, innovation is elusive and often occurs through serendipitous person-to-person exchange. Oh, While new nice. ideas... Yeah. While new ideas can foster through virtual exchange, it's perhaps less likely. Sure. Yeah, I think um, I remember earlier, like quite early in the um, working from home phase, there was a really awesome opportunity that arose for us that required a big rumble, like a big creative rumble. And it was the first one we'd done since we'd all been, you know, completely remote and disparate. And, oh, God, I found it heavy lifting. Because I think that, again, I like to bounce my ideas, I think out loud, you know, um, and there is it's an the element. Ener- it's the energy in the room too, right? There's totally, you know, the, there's totally elements of the creative process where I need to shut everybody else out and percolate and, you know, just feed little ideas myself and, and bring them to the surface. But then there's the bits where you really need to rumble through those initial ideas and turn it into what is that connecting thought? What is the overarching um, you know, creative idea <clears throat> for this campaign and how do we bring it to life? And, yeah, it can feel um, laboured. I found it mm. laboured and I think we got better. We tried lots of different approaches throughout the period and I think we're probably in a much better place now, but I still agree with you that that natural spontaneous um, ideation and collaboration that might actually come out of the left field because someone responds funnily to an email or hears something on the radio and then next thing you know you've got a a real idea generation you know factory happening out of nowhere I do miss that and I I do want to look at ways that we can foster that better so sorry when you were talking about what sucked is this the next question about your biggest failures for the year yeah 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 um I think I underestimated the impact that the um the pandemic would have on me personally. And as you said, I um, I was fortunate enough to see Simon Sinek this week and he tells a story of um, a return to return soldier. He's actually, no, he's a Marine, that when he ter- returned from duty that it would be, there would be this four-month gap between before it actually hit him of what, what, had, what had gone before. So he would... He would react four months later, and he Simon was talking about how, you know, one day he woke up, he hadn't had a particularly good sleep, he'd have an unproductive day, and he'd go, "Oh, that's okay. An one one unproductive day is okay." Then it would turn into two unproductive days, and then three unproductive days, and he'd go, "Hang on a minute, what's going on here?" And he remembered that this marine would say, "It's a four month gap, so pandemic hits." You go through all of the things that you need to go through and then four months later it would hit you. And I think you and I probably 
it hit us at the same time. So by July, you and I were floored and, you know, as we yeah. had school holidays, we came back from school holidays or whatever and we just, the productivity wasn't there and yeah, questioning funny. what the hell is wrong with me. <laughs> no, and I think that um, similarly too, as we approach the end of the year and you were saying, you know, you, you feel exhausted and, and it, look, that's definitely my um, personal brand at the moment. Um, but I think that that turbocharge thing, we did the same thing earlier this year, right? We kept got there was adrenaline like nothing else. The adrenaline ran out in mid June, and then we limped the last two weeks to July. Went on holidays, came back, and then actually I felt more wiped coming back to work after holidays. And you did too, right? So yeah, that's when did, yeah. that big wall was like that's four oh, months. Right? That's that four months. That four months. That's great. And now I don't even know how to use it anymore. <laughs> yeah. And but that's when we we're right in the middle, right? Right in the middle of the tunnel. Couldn't go back, couldn't see the end yet. So no. I think that, yeah. What what else do you think? I, I don't know if that's uh, a failure. I did a, uh, <laughs> I guess I guess you're right though. We have to think about these things yeah. as how I, I, I don't think it was a failure. It's just I think I underestimated the impact it would have on me. But again, we've never been through this before, so mm-hmm. no but nobody could have um predicted what was going to happen the other thing was more personal I said I could have used the time at home um and the greater flexibility that we had to get fit <laughs> I'm sure you know I just didn't do it <laughs> because I think this whole concept of bettering yourself when we're not even like Maslow's hierarchy of need we weren't even number one was under threat the bottom of that pyramid has been under threat all year you know you've got everyone has the rest of their lives to have a six pack or learn a new language or whatever. Like if that helped you fine, but you're not better than the people who weren't able to fit that into their mind, body or soul this year, you know, oh, hang on a minute. Look at this, but can you see this? I know, I know this is a podcast, but can you see this beautiful little bowl yeah. that I made? This was, uh, this was my, uh, <laughs> when I did pottery classes during yeah. Corona, I made, and look, it's, it's beautiful. It's this lovely small little bowl it's black glazed and it's got a cactus stamp in the middle of it. So I bettered myself. I did pottery classes. Um, I hate I hate saying this, but what do you think your biggest failures were this year? Well, I think that for me, um, you talked earlier about you know trust and collaboration and and understanding that that everyone was still working even though you couldn't see each other. All of those things, right? So for me, early on. It was throw every, I'm the kind of person who throws everything I've got at a problem. And sometimes I can do it with such intensity and focus and speed that it's detrimental to those around me, right? Because I'm, I'm not being cognizant of, of everybody being aligned. Maybe I'm just charging ahead or charging down this path and um, not communicating in a way that allows my colleagues or my boss <laughs> and my boss and my work wife um, to understand, you know, where my head's at or what's going on or how we could be assist. Of assist- this is fix it, fix it, fix it, fix yeah, it. I'm like, it, I got it, I got it, I got it. Don't worry about it. I got, yeah, I got I'm on it. it. <laughs> Which I can do. And Crisis Francis is like, I got this. Let me fix it. And everybody sit down. I got it. And uh, but that cannot. That's not always a good thing. In fact, it, sometimes it can make things a lot worse. So I'd say my biggest failure early on in the year was really doing that, going to that sort of default position of, I got this. I've got covered. I'm going to cover everything. And then realizing that every element of my life then had a subsequent suffering moment because of it. And it was mostly just communication and articulating what I was going to do, 
not at light speed, making sure that I also leaned into understanding what others were doing so that we weren't, you know, going in two different directions. But I think, yeah, I think that's always been a kind of thing for me is that I can, I move really, really quickly. And sometimes it's not such a great thing for, you know, collegial kind of alignment (laughs) or even family alignment. (laughs) Well, I, I think I think um, if that's your worst failure, Dylan, you're doing okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, plenty of about yelling at my children a lot. Not yeah, the best yeah, we're not talking talk about that. If we all, um, yeah, we all yell at our kids. I've had my moments. I'm just so glad okay. they're back at school. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> so, what was the next question, Fry? The next question was: Did we allow ourselves to say, "I don't know"? this year to each other with our clients and before racing to the next, maybe I added this last bit, before racing to the next solution. I think I was talking to myself in that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, did we actually go, I don't know, I don't know what to do. Yeah, do, I, think we say, I think we say that all the time. Yeah. I think we've been, we've always been collaborative and um, and always said, well, I don't know, let's go work it out together. Agreed. So I, I don't, do I don't think. Too. Like if they say in, you know, Give, give us a concept or an acronym or say something that I don't understand. I always go, sorry, I haven't heard of that. What's that? You know, like I, I've never been one to like, let's just pretend we know what everyone's talking about or let's just pretend we know what to do next. I think the only time that I wouldn't 100% have leaned into the I don't know was I did, I did really want to make sure that our team didn't feel scared. I feel like we were really honest with them. Oh my god! Oh my god! I said I could see fear in their eyes, so I needed to be strong from them for yeah. them. I think you need to bullshit every now and again. That was, that was <laughs> asterisk too. Same. Yeah, I think for my Jesus. kids as well. Same thing. Like that, I wanted to talk about it, but I didn't want to go too deeply into how scared I was deep down. I wanted to admit that I was scared and I wasn't quite sure what was going to happen to normalize it, but I didn't want to see fear in my nine-year-old's, then eight-year-old's eyes as to like the world ending. But yeah, same with the staff because, yeah, you feel the real sense of responsibility for everyone, right? Yeah. And as I said, fear in their eyes and, you know, you as a leader, that's what you've got to do. You've got to step up and go, everything's going to be okay. And, and then go home and cry. Yeah. <laughs> and look, to, to, to round out this discussion, and, and I'm really proud of, you know, the positives and negatives that we can take from this year because I didn't know, didn't think as we are going through it early on that there would be any positives to take from this year. Um, but I think that going into next year, the first thing I can think of is that I don't want to chase a horizon for a vaccine. I don't want to be living my life going, oh, by this date, this will happen because I think that that has been something that set a lot of people up and our society up for failure this year. We chased lots of horizons at lots of different times and none of them eventuated when they should have or when we planned for them to. So I think that's a dangerous game. Instead, I kind of want to approach it with, you know, um, um, positive intent optimistic outlook but with a, a flexibility and agility to change and, and I want to anticipate and expect that it's going to be bumpy next year not bad but bumpy there's going to be ups and downs next year as well because I think that there is still this kind of race for a vaccine that that's somehow going to be this panacea for everything but it's not even when it comes it's not 
So I just, yeah, that's kind of my overarching theme going into next year is positive intent, optimistic outlook, but then, you know, agile and ready for that bumpy road as well. We still don't know what's ahead of us. Yeah, absolutely. And overall, just bloody proud of Australia in general for where we're at because, you know, we have lots of colleagues around the world and friends and family that are in a different position. So if we can just hold on to the you know, what a relatively normal way of life. I think that that really keeps us sane. And I'm really excited for our agency next year. We've got some great new clients and projects that we're working with as long as long running ones. And there is real sense of change in the air as the, as we approach the end of the year in terms of plans for next year that I'm really, really excited about. Well, I think that's a great segue into the final question, which is... (laughs) What's the final question? That was it. That was what was successful 2021 look like for each oh, yeah, of okay. us? Okay. <laughs> um, I, well, I said um, I'm going to be fitter. <laughs> okay. Okay. Because I, su- I sucked at it this year. Um, um, like I said, kind to yourself. This year was about yeah. surviving. surviving. <laughs> Um, and continue, and I think you've just said it, to con- continue to grow and evolve the products and services that we um have introduced this year and the last little bit was to make um our people and the clients better than they were before they worked with impact i mean that's That's the yeah yeah we've been lucky always leave them better yeah we've been lucky enough to have some new team members join us this year as well impact's been growing which is an exciting story to tell in this particular year too and you're right like you know in talking to them in the early stages of their employment i talked about how that's our intention, right? We want them to be the smartest, you know, best consultant they can be in the room with us and beyond. And, you know, when they go on to the next thing, we want them to be the smartest person in that room too. And, um, yeah, same with our clients. We want to make each other better at what we do. So let's test trial new things next year and go in with positive intentions because I think the world's going to be a little bit what we make it next year as opposed to waiting for something to arrive at our feet. Oh, I love that. Make the world what you want it to be. Okay, well, uh, that's our last podcast for 2020. Um, We just want to wish all our family, friends, um, colleagues and anyone else who is listening to our podcast a very, very merry and safe Christmas and um, we look forward to chatting again with you all next year. So, um, on the other yeah. (laughs) Yeah, on the other side in 2021, is that correct? <laughs> Not 2022? I've got to do 2021. Yeah, yeah. 2021 yeah. <laughs> got another year to go, yeah. All right, everyone, Merry Christmas and um, have a happy podcast with you this year, Nicole. I know we've talked about it for a long time. It's been really a lovely, delightful um, addition to the year, particularly this year for me. It's, just, it's taken a pandemic to get us to do it. Yeah. <laughs> How ridiculous <That's> it. is that? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy New Year.